Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending January 17, 2020. My name is Puneet Tiara, and I'm joined by Senior Portfolio Manager Megan Roach. Megan, good morning. Good morning. So there are three things I wanted to get your thoughts on today. Firstly, the Phase 1 trade deal that was signed earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Secondly, any recent macro data that might have been released. And lastly, where we are with earnings season and what we can expect moving forward. Sure, sounds good. So starting off, you know, huge achievement earlier this week with the Phase 1 trade deal finally being signed and completed. Can you just share some of the details that we learned from that and also what we can expect from the two countries moving forward? Sure. So the official signing happened on Wednesday. Some of the highlights uh, from the Chinese side were commitments around intellectual property protections, uh, opening up of the financial services sector, as well as a commitment to buy about $200 billion in U.S. goods. Uh, that would be focused on the manufacturing and agricultural areas. On the U.S. side, uh, the U.S. did remove the official uh, currency manipulation designation from China, which is a positive. And uh, what wasn't removed, actually, was the existing tariffs. So that's on about $360 billion in Chinese goods. And I think the expectation is that keeping those on will provide a point of leverage in the Phase 2 negotiations. And folks expect those negotiations to get started as soon as possible, but that they'll take quite a long time. And so if this process goes through the end of the 2020 presidential elections, that wouldn't be a surprise at this point. Um, So it's certainly a favorable milestone that's been reached between the two economies. The part, if there was a little bit of disappointment, it was in the lack of detail in the deal, um, particularly on the agricultural side and soybeans. I think folks were hoping that there would be a specific amount of purchases committed to by China, and the, the statement afterwards was that it would be based on demand. So maybe, secondly, focusing more on the U.S. this time. Any recent macro data that's come out, whether it's related to inflation or manufacturing, that you can share and its implications it might have for the economy? Yeah, we did have inflation data both for the U.S. and some European economies. Uh, That data reaffirmed that inflation remains quite low, and that's in spite of a very tight labor market. On labor, the tightness of the market was also reaffirmed with weekly jobless claims uh, that came out showing that the number of Americans filing for unemployment has declined for the fifth consecutive week. For uh, the macroeconomic data on manufacturing, we have been reporting that we've been in a period of contraction with the ISM index under 50 for the last five months. We did have some uh, regional Fed surveys come out from areas like Philadelphia and New York this week that did show some improvement and beat expectations. So that might make investors a little more optimistic that the worst is behind us on the manufacturing side. And then lastly, on the consumer, there was home building and retail sales information that was released that was also moderately positive and continues to reinforce that the consumer is a source of strength. And so, you know, we're at that time in the quarter where earnings season is upon us. So I think it would just be great to understand where you expect to see some strength and weakness across different sectors in the economy in terms of their quarterly earnings reports and also what we've seen from financial services companies earlier this week. Sure. As you said, the fourth quarter uh, earnings season has kicked off. This first week is really focused on a lot of large financial services companies. So there were reports from J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and Morgan Stanley. All three of those companies beat sell-side estimates on both revenue and earnings. So that's getting off on the right foot. However, broadly across the entire S&P 500, the headline expectation right now is for a negative quarterly earnings growth print for the quarter. Um, But we also have seen historically that between two-thirds and three-quarters of companies tend to beat those stated expectations, and it's kind of a low bar today. So it wouldn't be shocking to come in in a few weeks' time and see that things have moved into slightly positive territory. But that's still to be determined given how early we are in the season. In terms of strengths and weaknesses across sectors, I think the high points are expected to be in terms of growth from utilities, financial services, as we've seen so far, and the healthcare sector. 
uh, sectors that will be dragging down that overall number will be continued weakness in the energy sector and to a lesser extent consumer discretionary. So taken all together, we have the phase one deal. We've had some uh, upticks in CEO confidence, and we've had this kickoff to earnings season. It really has been a stellar week uh, for capital markets with both stocks and bonds increasing. Uh, in global equity markets, they're up about 2% over the last week. That's been led by emerging markets and the U.S. Uh, if you've been watching the news, you saw that the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 29,000 for the first time. And we also have the S&P 500 and NASDAQ closing at record levels for several days this week. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you. We look forward to seeing you next week.